Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Have you been naughty or nice? <laughs> Twas the night before Christmas. Hello, hello! Hi, welcome back to the Vile Files. Christmas edition. Yeah! Yeah, baby. What up, Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's almost here. Yeah, I'm literally staring at unwrapped presents in my boyfriend's studio. I can't look at them because some of them are mine, but I'm looking at them. Oh, so can I look at them? No, you can't look at them. No. <laughs> no Dang no. it. <laughs> well, this episode is mine, and it is called A Star Wars Christmas Murder. Ooh, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit different than most. I mean, it's kind of, it's slower. I definitely think the storyline is great, but it's based in the UK, so a lot of different things are obviously going to be different than the usual, like, U.S. cases that we have covered previously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hope you guys like it. I'm ready. All right, I guess we're just going <laughs> to dive right in. We're diving in. <laughs> so this story starts on January 4th of 2015. Mm. A car was located in a, like, quiet residential area called Lutton Street which is 65 miles away from Coventry in the Essex United Kingdom. Okay. Now, they did find it to be a woman's car by the name of Samina Imam. Mm. Her handbag was missing. Her suitcases and shopping bags were also missing. There was no fingerprints Mm. at all Mm. in the whole entire car, not even Samina's. Ooh. That made police automatically, like, suspicious, clearly. If the driver, the owner of the car's fingerprints, not even, like, in the car itself. That is suspicious, I would say so. Mm -hmm. Now, not only were there no fingerprints, the driver's seat was also pushed back really, really far. And Samina was only 5'2". But ballistics showed that somebody who was over 6 foot had to have been driving the car. Mm. Just based off of the difference and how far back that seat was. Yes, yes. Now, this instantly went from a missing persons case to a no-body murder case because of that, because they couldn't find the body, and the way that the seat was kind of back too far, they instantly thought somebody was driving a dead body around. Okay, wow. So now we're going to kind of back it up a little bit and do a tiny bit of background on Samina. And the reason why I say a tiny bit of background is because, honestly, there is nothing on this woman at all. I could barely find anything. And it could just be because it's a UK case. But what I do know is that she did have a couple sisters. I'm not entirely sure how many. I just know it's more than one. Okay. And she also had one brother. Mm. Now, when describing Samina, her father described her as very kind, beautiful, with a contagious laugh. Mm. Now, her brother, whose name was Imran, stated Samina was a mentor and a guide, even a counsel during difficult times. So she just sounded so caring about her family, her friends, she was always there for them. Like, she wanted the best for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And she always put everybody else first. Oh. Now, this story is very tragic, and it begins at a Costco store in the outskirts of Coventry. Okay. 
And it was here that a 41-year-old named Roger Cooper worked as a manager, as did Samina. Okay. And Samina was 34. She was also a regional marketing boss for a handful of Costco's, like, nearby locations. So Mm -hmm. she took care of, I believe it was, like, over four different locations. Okay. And she was great at her job. Mm. However, relationships between senior members of staff and other, I guess, staff members or any just relationships in Costco in general, if you work there, it was frowned upon. Oh, wow. But that never stopped Roger and Samina. Oh, no. So since the start of their relationship, Roger was leading a double life oh no i know uh he had a long-term partner at home and samina was always playing like second fiddle to her yeah and she was always being compared to his girlfriend at home they spent two years in this entanglement and soon after of course you know just like any woman would she began to kind of just stress out about it and say if you want to be with me then be with me Leave your girlfriend. Why are you still with her? Yeah, if you're going to go out of your way to cheat on somebody, yeah. if you're going to go out of your way to cheat on somebody for two full years, yeah. the girl that you're cheating on with is probably going to want a commitment at this point because exactly. now she's committed two years of her life to engage in a, an affair with you. Yep, exactly. So she gave Roger an ultimatum and said, leave your long-term girlfriend or it's over. Damn. Now, this was in November of 2014 when she gave Roger the ultimatum, and the ultimatum was Christmas. That was his deadline. He had until Christmas to leave his girlfriend or she was done. Wow. But the fact that she gave you over a month to leave your girlfriend... Roger, come well, on. She's being insanely generous. I'm going to say she's the other woman, which always is kind mm. of crappy. I'm sure that probably put a lot of guilt on her. Yeah. But she is being generous enough to give you an ultimatum and give you time to actually think about your choice. Yes. And doing it in kind of like a graceful way. Like, obviously, not obviously, because we don't know. But for the most part, this is probably the guilt weighing in on her. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking not only of herself, She's also thinking of his girlfriend. Yeah. Of how it's going to affect her. Yeah. Again, being kind and generous to other people, but not herself. So by the time that Christmas Eve of 2014 finally came around, of course, Samina just couldn't help but to feel a little bit excited. She wanted to know whether or not Roger was going to leave his girlfriend. While she was busy kind of preparing for the festive days... Uh, she also decided to pop out of the office on the 24th, so Christmas Eve. Um, she just wanted to grab a few bits from, like, Marks and Spencer, because which is, like, a British retailer. Okay. Um, they sell, like, Whole Foods, clothes, and it's all of their own, I guess, like, marketing for okay. the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, while she was there, she grabbed a bottle of Bellini and a tub of, like, candy because her plan was finally coming together. Roger wanted to take her out to a hotel for celebration. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or so she thought. Now, she originally thought that he was going to take her to some, like, boutique hotel, but instead, she was driven to his brother's house, whose name is David, and this is where she was murdered. So now we're going to kind of 
fast forward, and this is going to be on January 4th again, which is the same date that our car was found. Now, during this time, Roger and his brother David acted completely normal. Once her car was found, of course, there was a missing persons report, and Roger told police that Samina's disappearance was after she left the store around 4 p.m. on December 24th. So for one, how do you know? He's basically saying, oh, she never made it to my house yep. when the police didn't even know she was even there or not. Exactly. So he's already leaving a trail. Mm-hmm. He also told police that he previously had sex with her, but only one time. What? And that Samina wanted to go to the hotel that night to see him again, but Roger wanted nothing to do with her. Roger, (laughs) no, you've been dating her for two years. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to play you a little clip of Roger's questioning because it really does kind of amount to the type of person that he is. Yeah. And you'll kind of see like how he's fiddling the police as well with this investigation. Oh, fiddling. Start with the day you saw it, the last day you saw it. It was around 4 p.m., but I haven't got that specific time, so it's around 4 p.m. Yeah. I was in my office, in the work. I was with three, there were four of us in the room, so there's two other people apart from her. One of them is another regional manager, which is what she has been doing. Yeah. And the other one works for me in the in the store. Yeah. And I was leaving. So I gave the regional manager a hug because it's Christmas. Yeah. And yeah, wished her Happy Christmas. And Sam says, Where's mine then? So I went over there and gave her a hug. And so I'll talk to you later. And then I left. Okay. And that was at four PM. Roughly if roughly around four PM. On the which day was Christmas it? Eve. Christmas Eve. So it was on the twenty fourth of December. And left the site, left the cup up. And within, within five minutes, I'm sure it's within five minutes, she phoned. Okay, she's phoned you. She's saying that. So I'll see you tonight then. No, I'm not going to be there. She's just trying to persuade me one more time. What happened then? It was a a two minute conversation, if that, it was a brief one. And then it was like... How did, you, how did it leave it? How did um, she sound? A little disappointed, but... <laughs> I think she still thought I was going to go. So not as angry as or as irked as she probably should have. You said the call lasted about two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the last time you heard from her? No, I got a text message I heard her voice. Well, tell me about the text message yeah. This is... Oh, it's a couple of hours later. Near was seven o'clock. I can read it. Do you read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm fuming full stop. I'm going to where I am truly cared for. What do you think she meant from well, that text message? She, she'd gone to Birmingham. <laughs> See one of her friends. It was an assumption. I've got no basis for that at all. Because I knew that she would want to eventually be in London to see her family because of her mum. Right. So, um, the next thing that you know about Sam then is what? Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Boxing Day evening. Boxing Day evening. Now, as you can kind of tell that 
while Roger is, like, talking to the police, he is definitely kind of putting the blame all on Samina and saying, like, she wanted to go, you know, to the hotel and asking, like, am I going to see you tonight? Mm -hmm. Like, putting all the blame on her. Yeah, he's deflecting. And not to mention, I physically was watching it, and he was, like, pushing his fingers in his eyes and, Mm -hmm. like, trying to, like, make himself kind of cry. Like, to me, it looked like he was trying to force tears. He didn't even have any tissues on him. His eyes didn't look watery from how I looked at it. He was... It felt like he was pushing himself to sound scared or sad. And when asked about the text message, he was like, do you want me to read it? Yeah. Like, not even just like a, oh, this is what she said, but kind of as physical proof of, the look, look at this text message. She really did text me, like, deflecting again. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't need to grab his phone and read it because if I was in an interrogation room, it'd be like, this is what, the sum of what they said to me. Yeah. And not to mention, you're going to take my phone anyways, so they're going to know. Yeah. Now, Roger wasn't the only person to talk to investigators after the car was found. His brother, David, also talked to police, claiming that he never knew her, Mm. never knew her name, never heard about her, until questioning. And I'm going to play you the clip. Right, David, um, obviously the purpose for today, for for speaking to you, is to do, it's it's in connection with a missing person inquiry, okay. um, a lady by the name of Samima Imam. Do you know her? I've seen a photo you've got. Yeah. I didn't know the name. Is that the photo I've got down there? Yeah. yeah. I've got some picture of the, the lady that's missing that we're making inquiries about. Okay, right. Have, have you ever met her? I'm familiar. I've met twice someone like that, yeah. 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 And do, do you know her by that name? No, I've never knew her name. No. Did, did you know her by any name? No. No? And c- can you tell me what you know about her? Um, she works with my brother? Yeah. Um, I know he's Yeah. Is that the best way to say that? Oh, they, they were in a relationship. No, I wouldn't go that far. So. Why, why would you not go that far? Because he was having a relationship with his girlfriend. Oh, so, yeah. So. Am I right in thinking that you met her on two occasions? Yeah. When, when, was, when was the first one? Um, I don't know which came first. She's, I've seen her in the warehouse working. Which one? Costco's Coventry, when I went to see my brother once. Yeah. And um, she's left. Yeah. Um, Did you talk to her? No. What they were doing wasn't on the radar. Yeah. So, and then oh, the and you, you were aware of that really, at the time? Um, I would have been. So that must be the second time. So she's been, he, he took her for a meal at a restaurant before. Yeah. yeah. Um, were you aware that he was seeing her before he came to the restaurant? No. So that was, was that the first time then you'd ever seen or heard anything about her? Um, he might have mentioned, he's not the most loyal person. There might have been a couple that he's talked about. But then I wouldn't have put known faces or names or anything. I won't say it's the first time I've heard of anyone, but it's the first time I've Yeah. Now, as you can tell from that clip, he definitely mentioned that Roger and Samina were only having sex, but they were not in a relationship. Like, that yeah. was his main point of that. They were not in a relationship, and he's 
never met her before except for two different times. Yeah. He was like, it's under the radar, which he was basically implicating that they're having an affair. Yes. Without really saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he went from, I've seen her face, but I don't know her name, to, oh, I've met her two different times by the end of the clip. Which one is it, David? Yeah. Which one is it? Tell me. He clearly, he was being very vague. Yeah. And he was also taking very like, a long time to answer the question. So he was definitely thinking about how he wanted to go about this case. So from then, it didn't really take long for detectives to put the pieces of the murder together. There's also data from Samina's phone that revealed to police that she's previously traveled with Roger to Leicester Mm -hmm. in the UK. And the bottle of Bellini that Samina purchased on Christmas Eve... Yes, was found in David's fridge. Bro. Bro. <laughs> the fuck? And not to mention those sweet snacks that she bought mm-hmm. was found in his cupboards. That's a dick move. Yeah. Now, the brothers were instantly arrested on suspicion of murder on the 7th of January mm. and were officially charged two days later. Mm. Now, this trial only lasted 10 weeks. Whoa. That's how fast it went. It ended on... October 20th of 2015, and the prosecution counsel named Timothy Spencer told the court that Roger had just lied flat out to Samina. He never had any intention on leaving his partner, and he feared that Samina would spill the beans on their affair, which in his mind would jeopardize both not, you know, his career and his relationship. Where's her body? (laughs) We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Rather than, of course, facing up, you know, the consequences of his actions, he enlisted the help of his brother, David, which, by the way, is an ex-soldier. Oh, God, I hate that. And together, they set a plan in motion to kill Samina. Now, Roger, of course, had motive for the murder, but... Why did his brother agree to murdering Samina as well? I don't know. Why did he? (gasps) I want to know. We'll get into it. So at the start of the trial, it was alleged that Roger was juggling relationships with not only his girlfriend and Samina, but there was a total of three women. Wow. There was also a second colleague. What? (laughs) Yep. While managing Coventry's Costco warehouse, he was also in another entanglement with another staff member that also knew Samina. Both David and Roger hadn't attempted her, you know, to take her life only one time. There was actually two separate attempts. What? I'm going to get into it. So the original attempt was actually on December 12th. 2014. Whoa. So about two weeks before she went missing. Now, Samina was a regular guest at this hotel, and that night, following a Christmas party, she planned on just going there to sleep. Okay. She knew that she was going to be drinking, so she wanted to be responsible. She booked a hotel room. She also thought that Roger was going to meet her at this hotel, and he also claimed that he booked another room and had a surprise for her. That surprise, of course, was not true, and in fact, a room had not been booked. Okay. His brother, David, instead sat in a car, hot-wired Samina's phone, Whoa. and was ready to abduct her. Oh my god! So that way he could know when her phone pinged at the location 
close to his car. Wow. Now, the brothers knew that they were attempting to take her life. So instead of communicating like normal through text message, yeah, they created a code. Jesus. Using Star Wars, <gasps> like, replications. This is where Star Wars comes in. <laughs> now, some of the codes included Death Star Complete, Stay on target, stay on target, you are expecting Vader. That all sounds like codes for murder anyways. Right? Like what? Yeah. (laughs) Now, Death Star Complete was kind of a code for she was abducted and the deed was done. Of course, that sounds exactly how they meant it. Yeah. And you are expecting Vader. Vader was Samina. Oh. And of course, the plan failed as we know, but what kind of went wrong was very unclear to detectives like Mm -hmm. once they were investigating everything but they do believe that their plot to kill Samina on December 12th might have been aborted because she arrived at the hotel in a taxi and the taxi dropped her off within yards of the main entrance. Oh, so cameras and, like, yes. trying to get her would have been too risky. Exactly. So Samina, of course, made her way safely into the hotel room where she was awaiting Roger's arrival yeah. until she found out that Roger had not booked a hotel room. So she went ahead and booked another room for herself. So David sent a text to his brother, and this was in broken French. And honestly, I have it here, but... I'm not even going to attempt that, but it translated to, there's no point, no score, the window of opportunity is closed. Wow, okay. In French. In French, yeah. Just 12 days later, this is when the brothers again attempted to take her life. Oh. This is on Christmas Eve, and like we know, 4 p.m., that's when Samina left work right after Roger, and they each were driving off into two separate cars, even though they had plans to meet up later. Okay. When the couple did meet up later, she unpacked her luggage from her BMW and jumped into Roger's Audi. Okay. Leaving her car parked on the quiet side street, the same side street. This is where Roger and Samina drove off and decided to go towards Leicester. This is also where detectives believe Samina thought it was just going to be like a quick pre-trip for Christmas, but instead it was a detour from their original plans to go to Birmingham. Okay. David lived in Leicester. Okay. Are you seeing the pattern? Yeah, he was like, I'm going to pick you up. These are mm-hmm. plans for Christmas. We're going to go to Birmingham, but on the way to Birmingham, we're going to stop at Leicester, and that's exactly where David lived. Yep, exactly. And she was murdered at David's house, so yes. I know where this is going. Yes. So on that journey, of course, Samina decided to call her family because it was Christmas Eve. Ugh. She just wanted to check in and let them know that, you know, hey, I'm going on this trip, but I definitely will be back before Christmas, so I will see you guys on Christmas Day. That was the plan. Now, during that phone call, she also asked how her mother was and if her mother was going to be there. And, of course, she confirmed that both her parents as well as her family all had Christmas dinner at 5 p.m., on Boxing Day, which is like a Christmas celebration. Okay. Samina and Roger arrived at David's house around 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Even though it was early in the evening, it was already dark outside because it was, of course, deep into the winter hours. So you couldn't really see that far ahead of you unless you had light. 
It was also believed that Samina decided that she was going to sit down on the couch and was attacked almost immediately upon entering David's property. It wasn't really hard for them to overpower them because she was five foot two and David and Roger were six foot five and six foot seven. Jesus. They were like towering over her. Oh my good God. Now, a post mortem examination of Samina's body also stated that she was smothered with chloroform, oh. which we find later was actually purchased on eBay a few weeks beforehand by David. You can purchase chloroform on eBay. I mean, apparently. That's disturbing. I don't know if it's different because UK and US, but like, I don't know how customs work, but I'm assuming if David can do it, God knows how many other people have done it before. That's concerning, (laughs) (laughs) to say the least. Now, there was also a bizarre combination of like other elements in her body. So it was like a metallic element that they couldn't really make out in the autopsy. Um, There was antimony, ketamine, tin, mercury, and even arsenic in her, like, lungs. What the French fuck is going Mm -hmm. on? It was also thought to have been administered in liquid form to Samina as well as aerosol. Jesus. The detectives determined that she was surprised by David from behind with a rag soaked in a combination of chloroform and tea. Once she was passed out, the brothers decided to wrap the soaked towel (gasps) around her head. Oh, she got so many burns, probably. Yep. And they even used plastic bags and ropes of cling wrap to secure the bags and hide the body. That's so sad. Now, of course, this was around 5 p.m., So by 6.25, Roger was already making his way back to Coventry. Wow. Where did they put her body? He left David to dispose of the body. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like any of this. I know. Now, this was kind of like an effort to create the impression that Samina was still alive, but Roger took her phone and sent a text to himself for a false alibi And this is the same text that Roger was referring to in his investigation, like, interrogation. Yeah, he was like, want me to read Mm -hmm. that text for you? So he already, he wanted to read it to them because he was like, oh, this is my way out. Because I'm the one who sent it. Mm -hmm. Now, the text message stated, I am fuming. I'm going to where I am truly cared for. And I'm pretty sure they just thought that this was going to be an easy text message to, like, say that she left the house so that way nobody can tell that she was with Roger that night. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? Yeah. Now, meanwhile, of course, David was disposing of Samina's body and pathologists found that she had been transferred to a grave within hours of her death. Jeez. There was a quiet allotment, which is like a gardening area, and this was in Leicester, And the body, still wrapped in the clean film and now in a sleeping bag, was buried very deep underground. This was, like, deeper than six feet under. Holy crap. He dug a very deep hole. Damn. The weird, I guess, detail of this that 
I'm pretty sure the brothers probably had no idea that this was going to be a connection, but the allotment had a sign on the shed saying, don't wind me up. I'm running out of places to hide the body. Holy crap. Are you serious? Yes. That's yep. really, I don't like, I don't like that at all. And it was a sign that was originally used as a joke. Yeah, of course. Of I course. mean, we have true crime stuff everywhere, but yeah. this is kind of like a chilling yeah. thing to yeah. think about. To be like, uh, there's definitely no bodies back there because they're so funny with their funny yeah. jokes, but there's a fucking body back there. Yeah, but, like, also, please don't look. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Now, over the following few days, the brothers then continued to, of course, cover up their operation. Samina's car was moved from Coventry to Leicester, and then, of course, wiped for any fingerprints and DNA, which also wiped Samina's fingerprints and DNA as well. From then, of course, it again didn't really take long for detectives to pull even more pieces of the murder together. And after a tip-off from a member of the public, mm. archaeologists arrived at the allotment and began their excavations. Yes. On their fourth day of searching this area, Ow. it took them four days. Damn. That's how big the allotment was. Jesus. And that's also how deep her body was because they only dug six feet. Come on, people. I mean, the traditional six-foot grave. But like- yeah. Really? Like, exactly six feet. Nothing less and nothing yeah. more. <laughs> so that's what they did, So, which is, again, a reason why it took them four days before they found an outside edge of a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when they lifted the flap, they knew straight away that it was Samina's body. David told officers, again, that he did not know Samina's name, but then later made a partial confession claiming to have pressed a chloroform-soaked tea towel over her mouth, but it was only as a joke. Wait, what? What? I know. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) He also said that the death was an accident, and in fact, he was more worried about his hands than Samina because the chloroform-soaked rag burnt his hands oh my god very badly you're more worried about your hand but you literally are digging a grave for a woman who did not deserve to be murdered i know (laughs) now he also later told jurors that he found the body after being asked to move a car and didn't know what to do so he panicked and buried her in the allotment no (laughs) <laughs> there's so many different stories that david is just going on and on and on meanwhile what are you doing roger where are you at bro yeah, because like it's always david talking about hiding the body finding the body doing whatever meanwhile roger is extra quiet mm-hmm. now i'm actually going to play you one more clip where David talks to the police after explaining his whereabouts on the night of December 24th. Tell me your alibi, bitch. <laughs> um, this lady, I didn't know her name. Um, she died on my sofa. Okay, so um, my brother had been around. Um, I've already made a statement to that effect, and I feel that statement is true, except anything that might implicate myself. So we can go back to that. Um... And then after we went, it just literally we got a minute and the door knocked again and I thought it was him coming back. So I've opened the door because normally I wouldn't open the door. I don't like people. And um, 
it was this woman who I knew to be an associate of my brother's um, for reasons that I've mentioned before and will happily go into again later. Um, and she was like, where's Roger? Like, stepping in the house. So, um, I was like, it was not here, he's gone. And she was like, I haven't seen him leave. And I was like, well, I'll call him. He's just left. And she was, like, walking through the house. And um, I said, look, just sit down and I'll call him, knowing that I wasn't going to call him. In my mind, for my own reasons, I imagined she was looking for him. And I knew that he wanted to go home. And I knew that he didn't know, want her knowing where he lived. So I was like, got to let him get away. This sounds really silly, but I was like, okay. So I got to sit on the sofa. And um, after a cup of tea, she wasn't interested. She was moaning. Um, I don't recall what she was saying, but she was like, we've made plans. Um, he's supposed to be seeing me. Things like this. Which I so as you can tell in the clip, David is explaining that Samina just randomly decided to show up at his house looking for Roger. Knowing damn well Samina and Roger came there together. Yeah, kind of like... He's trying to protect Roger, like, oh, she came here, and I don't want her to know where Roger lives, so I didn't want to give her the information. I'm just kind of keeping her at yeah. bay so yeah. that Roger can, in all intents and purposes, escape. Exactly. Her. And it kind of makes Samina sound crazy. Yeah. That she's searching for him, that she wants to be with him, that the relationship was her idea, and they had plans because she wanted the plans. That's how he's kind of twisting the story to the investigators. Yeah, he's trying to twist it in a way that he had no choice but to keep her there and chloroform her to keep her sedated. Exactly. To save Roger. Exactly. So there's definitely more to this clip, and I'm going to play it now. I, I'm just going to be about I collect lots of different odds and pieces in my house you'll find lots of things and they found lots of things and none of it makes sense to lots of people but to me it's interesting and so in my kitchen I've got an ammo box a, a military ammo tin which I think is normal and um, in that I had um, a bottle of chloroform and because I'd seen it on telly and I thought it was okay I thought I'll just shut her up because um, my walls are paper thin, I don't want a scene, and I want to give Roger a few minutes. She wasn't accepting a cup of tea, she wasn't accepting anything else. So I literally thought it was a really good idea. So I've got a bucket, which is still in my kitchen, and they can still investigate this. I got the chlorophyll, I poured it over a tea towel, and my kitchen is like two steps beneath floor level of the lounge. And my sofa is right next to the doorway, and I just went in and put it across her face, thinking that it go out. And I, as stupid and naive as it sounds, I did think that it would just buy me some time because I don't know how long they stay unconscious for. And um, I kind of put it on her face, sat on her lap, and she, her arms went up and I grabbed her arms and I forced them down and I was like, just a couple of breaths. And then, um, you know, maybe I'll ring Roger and tell him, maybe, but I don't know, I don't know. Um, she didn't wake up. Now, in that clip, David is now explaining his reasons behind having chloroform. He states that he has random little oddities all over his house, and I'm assuming because he's an ex-soldier. Yeah. And he had that military box that just so happened to have chloroform, of all the things. And he was like, I 
genuinely felt like it was a really good idea to yeah. put it on her face. Just to shut her up. Just to shut her up. Oh, my walls are thin. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give you chloroform to shut you up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, David. Not I see good, you. Not a good reason. Yeah. Now I'm gonna play the third clip. And I, I, I tried. You know what I mean? I felt for pulse. The chloroform, it was freezing cold on my hand. It was like burning. It was, that doesn't happen on TV. It was all wrong. It was all wrong. I knew it was wrong straight away. And um, so I thought, right, right, no one knows she's here. Right, so that's easy. So um, I went for a bag. Um, well, her keys were on her bag. She put her bag down, her keys were on her bag. And her keys were there. And I was like, right. Move the car back to Coventry and no one will know. Easy, isn't it? And um, strangely, there's a side point which has been talked about a lot, but um, my brother had hired a car for me. Um, he'd hired a van for me to move house. We'd both moved in at the same time. He'd also, after that, he hired a car for the smaller bits. But when I dropped it off, I left it um, parked on the residential street near to where my brother works. My brother works in Costco's. Um, I'm quite security-minded. I don't leave, wouldn't leave it in the car park. It's vulnerable, especially because I left, I left, I left the keys on the rear driver's wheel. Um, so I parked it on the street outside someone's house, but outside Costco's, with the wheels up on the curb, so that the wheel arch was more concealed and the keys go there. It's absolutely safe. No one will ever know. They won't fall off. Do you know what I mean? And then he will know. He will go past it. He will see it there, and he will know to, where to get picked up from. Um, just that just made so much sense. Anyway, so um, driving her car back to Coventry. Now, um, I've done a lot of driving and I'd use different routes every time. And this particular time I went via Enderby and Foss Lane. But I can come back to the details later. Um, I, you, you, that way you approach Coventry and you go through Coventry and you come out at Franklin Benny's. I don't know if you know the area and it's opposite Costco's, it's really easy. And, um, and and I could drive back. So it was like fate. To me, I was like, well, how lucky is that? Now, David instantly realized that once he chloroformed Samina, he had to, quote, drive her car back to Coventry. Knowing Samina's car never left that area where she met Roger so that her and Roger could go on their holiday. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Because she... Cause she drove there. She drove to David's house with Roger. Yes. So he's just again trying to protect Roger by mm-hmm. making it seem like Roger had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Exactly. And because he already knew that he takes different routes, he knew exactly which route he wanted to take for Samina's car. Yeah. Now I'm going to play you the fourth clip. And I drove back, and I thought, well, what do I just think? I just forgot to put the car back. So what? So I got back home. Now I've got this thing to hide. Sorry, I'm, I'm not going to refer to it as anything. You sure were, okay. Um, so I know a guy, everyone knows people. Um, he's a bit of an idiot and he's got a van. Um, I haven't got his number anymore because I've been there after I rang him. I rang him from a disposal SIM card. Um, his name's Ben. I, I'm pretty sure you'll need to find him. So this is, this is what you need to know. Um, so you rang him from a disposable SIM card? Yeah. Ben? Yeah. I've been racking my brain for his surname. I can find it on Facebook, but I don't know it from my top of my head. I rang him, he gave me a favour, or he wanted to impress, or he wanted to do what's right by people, whatever his, his own reasons are. 
it's not the sort that'll blab. And um, well, I, I put it in my sleeping bag. Okay, so at my house, there's a sleeping bag cover without a sleeping bag, which is, I mean, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't clean the sofa, I didn't do anything to hide anything, I just covered my tracks. And if I get caught, I get caught if I don't, I don't. I'm not going to try too hard. So the stuff's still there and they can find it. Um, unless I get away with it, then I would be able to hide it. Well, I don't know. Anyway, got that gun that, that night, really late on Boxing Day night. And I thought it was really good timing because people would be going to bed early on Christmas. Talking about Christmas Eve, still Christmas Eve, yeah, still Christmas Eve, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I'm thinking, oh, this is working out. Sounds so stupid. Now, David, of course, says that everybody knows a guy. Everybody. Yeah. Do you know a guy? Oh, I know a guy. Do you know a guy? I know a guy. (laughs) Absolutely. Obviously, doesn't remember this guy's name, doesn't remember his number, but he says we can refer back to that later. Yeah. Casually. Casually. A guy helped you with a body, dude. Like, you know who he is. Yes. And when describing moving Samina's body, he described it as it. I threw it into the sleeping bag. I moved it around from one area to another. So she co- he completely dehumanizes her, mm-hmm. even though she's dead, yes, but, like, come on, dude. Yes. Like, you couldn't be that. Yeah. You're that extra of an asshole that you called mm-hmm. her an it yes. after you murdered her. Saying, oh, I don't care. If I get caught, I get caught. And not to mention, the fact that he's mentioning her body as an it also just proves premeditation knowing yeah. that if you were to say i moved the body over here to this location that is an instant confession but if you don't say body what do they have to prove right technically yeah it's a technicality yeah now i'm gonna play you the last and final clip then um then i've gone through the next few days i'm like so so Okay. Did we catch that? So somebody came on Christmas Day. Yeah. yeah. Christmas Day took it away from me. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened next. Um, I think it's buried in Woodland. Um, I've, I, I'm not from Leicester. I don't know Leicester, which is why I've been driving around a lot of places recently. But um, I think he said something about Swiveland Woods, but I've never heard of Swiveland Woods. I don't know where it is. Sorry. I might have just made that up. Swiveland Woods. Swiveland. I don't even know. Right, that's just coming to me today because I wasn't really paying attention when he said it. Um, the rest of my story is about moving the car, which you guys pretty much already know because I panicked because I couldn't have leave it in Coventry because it was too close to Roger. And I tried moving it down south. I stalled it on the motorway. I got police attention. I can tell you in more details, like, and it was just a complete nightmare, and I just left it in the room, and the rest of it, I mean, if it wasn't, if it was 10 years ago, I would have got away with it, it's this APN and APNR cameras I didn't know about, and anyway, yeah. If it was 10 years ago, I would have gotten away with it. That's, he's a grade A yeah. asshole, like, I can't even say enough, the smugness, the calling a dead human an it, and to say 10 years ago I would have gotten away with it is just, he's an asshole, yeah. dude. The fact that he was like, oh, I don't remember the person, you know, my friend. I don't remember my friend's name, but he mentioned this location. I don't really know because casually I wasn't paying attention to him. 
Meanwhile, you were the one who supposedly was asking this person about how to hide a body, but you weren't paying attention to him? Yeah, no. Which one is it, David? Now I'm going to also talk about Timothy Spencer, which is, again, the prosecutor who was, you know, assigned to this case. He wanted to know why David was involved, and he thinks that his love for his brother was greater than anything else in the world that he wanted to protect him at all costs i mean it's clear every time he talked about it he was like it's for roger it's for roger i'm saving Mm -hmm. roger like i can tell just from that clip that he loved his brother yeah kind of in a too much yeah (laughs) too much (laughs) so if roger asked david to hide a body or to murder somebody of course he was game for it he wanted to protect his little brother Now, Timothy Spencer also wanted to dissect the Star Wars messages. And this is a quote from Timothy saying, quote, We suggest the text messages are code that both the men understand. They have a plan for this day and they are using code, one to inform the other of how far they have got on their mission, end quote. Now, another message, again, that was in that misspelt French Yeah. It also included the words nil points, which was an acknowledgement that the plan had failed. And Timothy Spencer, the prosecutor, acknowledged the fact that it had failed. And that was the reason for the broken French, because just in case they were to ever get caught, it was broken French. Yeah. They couldn't necessarily prove that that is what they were trying to say. And they did that on purpose. They could be like, I was actually trying to say this, but I just did it wrong. Exactly. Timothy also added, quote, I can't tell you precisely what the plan was, what the code really was, but it was to cover the traces of murder. Clearly. Clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the Monday after, the court heard both brothers and they also knew that they had a genuine interest in Star Wars models And they found action figures on that Tuesday morning in both David and Roger's house. Mm. Star Wars action figures, might I add. Yes, yes, yes. They also claimed that David made eBay purchases of the 200 milliliters of chloroform and 50 grams of copper powder two weeks before her murder. Damn. That's, yeah. That's intense. That's intense. (laughs) On October 21st, 2015, again, 10 weeks after, both Roger and David were found guilty of murder unanimously by a jury. Mm, Good. And by Christmas of 2015, so two months later and one year after the murder, they were both behind bars serving 30 years. Now, while their sentencing was happening... Both Roger and David remained calm and did not look at each other as they were convicted by a jury in the Birmingham Crown Court. Douches. So I'm wondering if David still has that burning love for his brother. What I don't understand is that Roger killed her to get out of an affair and to save his relationship Mm -hmm. and his career, but is now in prison. Dude, can you just not... like? Owning up to your mistake, you will get so much better in life. Owning up to you doing something really fucked up, you'll go so much further and you will save a lot more relationships than 
murdering somebody and you got found out like two like a month after yeah. it happened yeah Dude. if you were so afraid that samina was going to spill the beans you should have left your girlfriend years ago for one if you were so afraid that samina was going to spill the beans you would have never attempted to have another relationship with another costco member yeah and if you were afraid that samina was going to spill the beans and you were going to lose your job you should have transferred yeah, or just stop having an affair. Stop being a lie- lying, cheating butthole. What Molly said. <laughs> this episode became <laughs> into us just, like, ripping them apart. <laughs> well, that's pretty much the whole case. I hope you guys love a Star Wars murder. Murder and Star Wars. Two and two. Two and two. R2-D2. R2-D2. Happy holidays. Goodbye! <laughs>